completed. If you think of it this week, um, um, pray for the, the Winslow family. Gordon Lins, Winslow is on an evangelist, he was a pastor, he was involved in ministry in a lot of different areas, but he came to this district in the last three or four years and did some meetings for us, and just a tremendous man of God, just man, alive, anointing, and just lots of uh, revelatory word, I mean, he just, it was powerful, um, but he passed away here, I think it was the day before Christmas, and um, I'm just sad, it's not, it's not an easy thing to lose a loved one. But we do know that he's in a better place. And so that's the comfort that we get from God. The Bible says, blessed are they that mourn. So it's not wrong to do it. But he says, they shall be comforted. And so we understand that God has those tools in our, in our belt. And so we need to use them in Jesus' name. Before we get into the Bible study tonight, there's a couple of things I want to bring to your attention. First of all, starting in January... Um, our organization has been very aggressive in using that whole month as a prayer and fasting uh, launching pad. And so 30 days of prayer and fasting um, uh, is something that we certainly um, promote in this church. I'm not telling you how much to do, but I am telling every one of you that it would do you well if you would. Um, there are just some things that, that just aren't going to get loosed without fasting. And this is what God gives us an opportunity to do. And so I have these handouts here. I'm just going to set them up here. You can get one of them. They're just, um, it's just uh, certain themes that are going to be happening during the month of, um, uh, of uh, January in prayer. Um, I will promote our Tuesday night prayer meetings. I know um, uh, they, they, a lot of you or some of you are coming to that. Make that a, a priority this month. That might be something for you to add extra into your life. Um, we are going to have our, our, our week of prayer and fasting in January. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And so, but um, consider that. This is, this is something that will really, really, really help you in Jesus' name. And along with that, I have the, um, the 2023 uh, Through the Bible um, charts. And um, I, I felt very strongly that the Lord spoke to me um, here a couple of weeks ago that if, if, if you would dedicate yourself to getting through the Bible this year, that there would be some healings that would take place in your life that you would absolutely know that it's God. And so I, I know that's, again, an invitation. Now, years ago, when I first came into the church, they would spend about 15, 20 minutes and yelling at us and telling us if we didn't do this, we were going to go to hell. No, they wouldn't do that. But they... Pretty close, <laughs> pretty close. And I've learned that, hey, listen, I, 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 I'm just as firm on this stuff as I was even back then. Um, but um, I, I appreciate opportunities, and prayer and fasting is one of those beautiful opportunities that God gives us. I hope, I really do hope that you will take advantage of it. And when, not if, an excuse comes, you will dismiss it as that. You will say, no, no, I'm not going to let that one you know, rain, and so um, do it. Um, the lesson tonight we're going to be talking about is the uh, lesson on uh, victory through the Spirit. Now, we've been talking here the last, well, the whole month, I guess it is, on the aspect of, of the Spirit, and what an important subject. It's who we are. You know, Jesus, when he taught the woman at the well, he was very emphatic when he said, you know, her excuse was, you know, we don't know where to worship God at. You know, you guys say we worship over here, and we say you worship over there. And what a, 
what a, a, a dismal conflict. And Jesus said, that's not how it works, lady. He said, the time is coming and is now. He said, when the true worshipers would worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The baptism of the Holy Ghost has the unique opportunity to connect your spirit with God again. I don't know if some of you really realize that or not. I, I don't, and I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just here to say I hope you will, that our connection with God is absolutely um, uh, restored. Um, I read it again tonight when I was praying in the third chapter of the book of um, Ephesians. It talks about being, being strengthened with strength in the inner man. And that's the ability the Spirit has. So we've talked about this this week. We've talked about the necessity of the Spirit. And I know the denominal world in particular doesn't like that subject. They don't like anybody telling them, you've got to do this. Well, they'd had a horrible day if they'd have been in that Bible study with Nicodemus, wouldn't they? Jesus didn't beat around the bush. He said, you must be born again, you know. And so, again, there are things that God will not give us options for. Not in his mind. He will just say, this is what you need to do. Now, he doesn't say, if you, you better do it or else. He just says, I'm not going to change my mind on this. And so the baptism of the Holy Ghost is one of those things, and the necessity of it is absolute, praise God. And then we talked about being led by the Spirit, which is really something that takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of dedication, and, and it also takes something called separation. One of the things that's conflicting in our lives is we hear many voices. We do. And what we have to do sometimes is literally separate ourselves so we can hear the voice of God. And then the leading of the Spirit is not an issue. God's, um, you know, where he's wanting us to go is not some mystical, you know, um, thousand-piece uh, puzzle. It's just hearing his voice and, and doing what he tells us to do. It's just that simple. Last time we talked about being empowered by the Spirit. And so I hope that these lessons are, are, um, um, <clears throat> are helping you because they're just practical lessons as far as I'm concerned. Tonight's lesson, Victory Through the Spirit, is something some of us have probably heard many times. You know, that we have victory. You know, somebody said, I think it might have been in this Bible study, that's in our spiritual DNA. Victory is in our spiritual DNA. Amen. The Bible says that God made us more than conquerors. That's one of the major themes for the church in the New Testament. It's not to go run and hide when things get bad. It's to stand steadfast, stand having your loins girt about with truth. And you know those things, praise God. And, and, and to withstand the, the wiles of the devil because he's active. Amen. And he's got so many agents out there. That's what's going on, and media is part of that. And so I hope that you will take heed to these things, and you will, you will uh, allow God's Spirit to grow in your life. Praise God. And so the victory through the Spirit is, again, not some complicated uh, issue. A lot of it comes down to consistency. If you will learn how to be consistent with God, no matter what, that's, that's one of the things that, that, will, that will help the, um, um, the prize to be at hand. Amen. And so many of you, that's uh, what, what's one of the reasons why there's trials in your life. Amen. Remember what those four T's, one of them was trials. And what are trials meant to do? Somebody said it? That's it. 
that, that, that's, that's really one of the major benefits of, of, of understanding trials is that, hey, God wants me to get closer to him because of what's going on in my life. And so unfortunately, our flesh a lot of times wants to do the complete opposite of what God wants us to do. Anybody ever had a problem with that? Come on, I do all the time. I, do, I recognize it. You know, the flesh is not some some uh, mystical thing in my life. It's very obvious a lot of times. And so we have to learn how to shut it down. We have to learn how to, um, I should say, overthrow it. Amen. And God can help us to do that. And through the victory of the Spirit, that's what he wants to do. Praise God. Um, you know, the big uh, phase, or I should say the fad today, is um, uh, how many steps do you take every day? Anybody into that right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that helping the hip? There you go. There you go. And how many do you get in? Don't you don't have to answer me. I'm just asking you. You know, um, think about that. It, it is a form of exercise that most everybody can do. Amen. But isn't it funny how we can get to the end of the week and go, my goodness, I just couldn't get enough of them in. Well, you got to make time for that. And and. And um, when it comes to the spiritual things of God, that's literally what we have to do is we have to make time for the things of God in Jesus' name. So the scripture, the focus scripture tonight is in Romans 8 and 6. Actually, let me just recommend that you read the 6th, the 7th, and the 8th chapters of the book of Romans all together. The major theme there is sin and what it does to us and how we can overcome it. Those three chapters deal very intensely in that area of life, sin. And, um, and sin is the thing that's messing up this world. It really is. And it'll mess up our lives. And I'm not here to condemn anybody. You know, I'm just here to say that we have to deal with the sin problem or the problem will deal with us. Amen. Paul started off in the sixth chapter of Romans saying, you know, now that we know that grace is available... Do we sin more? What was his answer? God forbid. Come on. Now that we know that we have the answer, we can start filling our lives up with stuff that, that will help us to put on that offensive and, and, and the defensive in Jesus' name. And so consider these things and, and let the practice of the Lord come into your life. I'm not going to read this because my time is starting to fade here already. But in 1973... There was a war fought over in the Middle East. I don't know if any, well, most of you probably weren't even alive then. But the bottom line is, um, it was a war that a bunch of nations ganged up on Israel. And I mean to tell you, they wanted to take back the land that Israel had gotten in the Six-Day War. You know, since 1948, Israel has fought every, almost every day because there's a lot of folks in the world that don't feel like they should be a nation, you know. I thank God that our government still supports them. I don't know how much longer that'll go on, but be that what it may. But in 1973, there was probably eight to ten nations that ganged up, and they were going to make an offensive. And they did it purposely in October, because October is the month of Yom Kippur, which is probably the most sacred day in the Israeli calendar. It's the Day of Atonement. And so they figured, man, this would be the day to do it. And also it was the month of Ramadan, I think, and so they had all the religious stuff covered over there. And they went to war, and I think the statistics were that Israel was outnumbered 
three to one. They, there was no reason on the earth why those, those nations shouldn't. They easily came in there and, and, um, and, and overthrew that country. But people, I wasn't there, I heard about it, but they say the hand of God was on it. I heard some things during that war that took place that man would make me to believe that the hand of God was on that war. The point I'm making is the fact that, that, that um, they were not able to overthrow Israel. In fact, Israel, due to their tenacity, overthrew them and pushed them back further. Now, the reason I give you that example is sometimes that's how we feel. We feel like we're outnumbered. I'm the only one on the job. I'm the only one in my family. Come on, am I hitting a nerve yet? And sometimes that's just how we feel. And I'm not saying it isn't a real feeling. I'm just saying, you know, you're never going to accomplish a whole lot with that kind of feeling. You've got to remind yourself that, you know, if God is for me, Come on. And I understand that's not as easy as just saying it, but it's a true fact. And what happened to Israel in 1973, you know, I believe can happen to us. I believe that God can and wants to come into our lives and show himself powerful. Show this world, praise God, that regardless of what the devil is doing, praise God, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Come on, does anybody believe that here tonight? Come on, that's the kind of theme that you get when you say, I'm going to get the victory. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how many times i got to go back. I'm going to get that victory because God has promised me that in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't you close your eyes right now and lift both of those hands and ask the Lord to give you some greater understanding. Come on, folks. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's going to go with us into 2023, and he wants to show himself powerful on people's behalf. But, folks, we're going to have to believe in the necessity of the Holy Ghost. We're going to have to be able to be led by the Spirit. We're going to have to be able to be empowered by God. Come on, folks, it is not going to work without these things. And then tonight we're going to trust that God's going to give us the victory through the Spirit. Come on, there's nothing wrong with that. Come on, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Come on, come on. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. And just like in the Old Testament, the Scripture says that the, um, that the elders obtained an, uh, a good report because of their faith in God. And it's one of the six um, absolute doctrines of Christ, having faith toward God. And that's what you and I have to keep shored up in our life. And I understand that that is a full-time job. It is. It's never meant to be part-time. It's never meant to be once in a while or nonchalant and that type of thing. And so God, help us tonight to, 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 to leave this year and go into the next year and to have those promises imprinted upon our minds in Jesus' name. Now, the Bible study here emphasizes that submitting to the Spirit is the only way to overcome the flesh. And I, I absolutely believe that with all of my heart. You know, most of our problems you know, are, are, are not the devil, 
you know, and not even the world. I know we live in a world that's ungodly, but a lot of our problems come from our own hearts. You know, the scripture teaches us in the 17th chapter of Jeremiah that the heart is deceitful. You know, even a regenerated heart can still be deceived. That's why we need God. Amen. But, you know, with the help of the Lord and with the spirit of the Lord, we can understand these things. Galatians 5 and 17 teaches us. It says that for the flesh lusteth against the spirit. And in that uh, portion of scripture, the word spirit is capitalized. So it's talking about the spirit of God. The flesh and the spirit of God don't get along. And, I, and, and that's one we have to really, really, really understand and recognize that a lot of times, you know, that first opposition that you get <laughs> isn't, the, you know, somebody that you want to put a name on. It's the person who looks in the mirror. And that's the one that you and I can learn how to, um, to overcome. Romans 8 and 9 teaches us that we're not in the flesh if we're walking with God. It says, but we're in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. And that's an important statement, which leads me to understand that if the Spirit of God is not in me, then it's, I'm, I'm not going um, to have the strength and the power that I need. That's why I do absolutely believe in the necessity, praise God. And I want to emphasize this tonight. Nothing else will empower you like the Spirit of God. You won't find it on any shelf. You won't find it on Amazon. You won't find it, you know, um, at the quit mark. You, it's God's spirit is the thing that you and I need. And that's why you and I really do not have any choice. Now, one of the places, one of the places that we see um, uh, the battle, if I can put it that way, between the, the flesh and, and, and the mind of God is in the Garden of Gethsemane. That place really, really, really promotes that battle. And of course, you know that who was there, that was Jesus Christ. Amen. And he, that was right prior to his crucifixion. And Jesus, as a man, you know, was starting to begin to understand what he was going to have to go through. And it was really, it was working on him. And I mean, it's just the way it is. And Jesus began to pray. And that was not a five-minute prayer, folks. That prayer meeting that Jesus had in that garden probably went on for at least three hours. And so it tells me that that was quite an intense meeting. And that also tells me that there's times when, I'm not going to say exactly three hours, but there's going to be times when I'm going to have to kick this thing in another gear. I'm going to have to come to church maybe an extra day this week. I'm going to have to launch some prayer time in my life a little more than I normally do. Can somebody say Amen. And there's nothing wrong with that, praise God. And especially when you begin to pray in the Spirit. My daughter-in-law was telling us last night, we were sitting there and, and she's been going through some stuff and that type of thing. And she said one night while she was just sitting there, um, and I, I can't remember what the details were, it doesn't make any difference. But all of a sudden she began to pray in tongues. And she said, man, she could feel that it was coming out of her. And um, her little boy was sitting there and watching her do this, and he, you know, he was, he was taking it all in, but um, it, was, it was something, she said, that after she was done, that Finn came over to him and said, Mommy, it's going to be okay. <laughs> See, the Spirit of the Lord has a way of touching people. It has a way of doing things, and you and I have got to really build up our confidence in that. 
We really do. Like I said before, there's nothing else is gonna, is, that can substitute that. And so when you take the scene that happened in the Garden of Gethsemane, you begin to realize that there are some things in life that are going to be hard, that are going to be tough. But it's not a time to quit. It's time to say, okay, I'm going to get through this. And Jesus, or not Jesus, I don't know if he used the word, but in the King James Version um, Bible, he uses a word. And the word is nevertheless. And boy, we need to return that back to what we're saying. You know, it's not wrong to have those feelings. No, it's not wrong to sometimes feel like you're outnumbered. No, it's not wrong to feel like sometimes you're overwhelmed because that's exactly what you are. But the bottom line is, you know, the wrong thing is to quit right there and to let that have its, you know, a, a prominent part in your life. I remember a man, a guy, God telling me about services. And he said, you know, he said, you got to be careful about services. He said, you got to let God have his way. Because if you just start doing not letting God have his way, and I knew what he was talking about. There's sometimes I've come to services, um, not here lately, but I remember a while ago coming to services and just feeling like, let's just get through this thing so I can get home, you know, so I can do that. And I hope this doesn't, you know, kill your confidence in me that I'm like you sometimes, all right? I hope that doesn't. But I have those feelings too. But I've, I have fiercely resisted those things. And usually to me, if I get those kind of urges... It's automatic with me, just like tonight. It's automatically. I'm going to put the pedal to the metal. And I'm not trying to put on some kind of a show here. I'm just telling my flesh, you're not going to have the final say in this. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to lift him up, praise God. Now, I'm talking about having the power of the Spirit, having victory. And this is the victory, is when we allow God to have his way, even when we don't feel like it. And boy, I mean to tell you, that can really begin to do some things in Jesus' name. So study that, that, that scenario. I'm not going to go there right now, but in the, probably the best rendition of the Gethsemane um, uh, story is in the 22nd chapter of the book of Luke. That's the one that depicts that there was a time that he started, drops of blood started coming out of his pores. And that tells us of the intensity that went on. And so I want you to understand, God knows what you're going through. He understands what you're feeling. And Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. That was the thing that gave the victory in that, in that place. Amen. A while back, I don't know how long ago it was, but there was a book that came out that depicted a story of a man in a town that just started the theme of what would Jesus do. You guys remember that story? It was really popular, and it, it really, I thought it was, it was a pretty cool concept. Well, you know, I, I think we need to come up with one. And here it is. Instead of what would Jesus do, perhaps we should ask ourselves, what would Jesus have me do? Now, we already know what Jesus would do. He wouldn't lay down and die. He wouldn't just let the devil have his way. He wouldn't let the flesh, because he's already proved that to us in Scripture. I think what we need to ask ourselves at times like that is, what would he have me do now? What would he, if he was right here in the room, which, by the way, in the spirit he is, but what would he be whispering in my ear right now? And boy, I mean to tell you, I believe every one of you who have the baptism of the Holy Ghost can get sensitive to that kind of dialogue. And I'm going to tell you right now, 
you know, in the book of um, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I've referred to that, that chapter many times. 28 things it tells us there's a time for. But one, one thing you will not find in that chapter is there isn't a time to quit. And so this is one of the things I know that God would tell me. You know, he might tell me, go get some rest. Or he might tell me, let's pick this up again tomorrow. Or whatever the case is. But God never tells me to quit. And so this is what I know, praise God. And I know my flesh gets tired. And I know sometimes my flesh would like me to quit. And so begin to recognize those voices in Jesus' name. And so to begin with here, submitting to the Spirit is the only way to overcome the flesh. Please think about that. And ask the Lord to give you specific ways in your life that you can submit to Him. You see, because along with personalities in here, there's some of us have some unique weaknesses that God wants to shore up. And one of the ways that God will shore those things up is by our submitting to him. You know, who was it that said, in my weakness, he was made strong? Paul learned that lesson. That was a valuable lesson that he learned. And so each and every one of us can learn the same lesson. Can you say amen? amen. Is this a good end of the year subject? Come on, we can carry this right into the next year and we can begin to see the victories in our lives. I'm guaranteeing if you guys will be faithful to God's word, you will begin to see some inner healing in your life this year. Right. Amen. I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to say that in Jesus' name. Now, second of all, we have to bring it into the first person perspective. I have victory in the spirit. Come on, God is going to allow certain things in my life, praise God, that's going to show me that I do. That's why when you read the 6th, 7th, and 8th chapters of the book of Romans, you see the dilemma, you know? And Paul, he, you know, he says, man, there's times when I wanted to do things, you know? And it's hard. And he identified that. And then he uses a term, oh, wretched man that I am. And he wasn't condemning himself. He was just saying, boy, that's quite a predicament to be in. And without that last verse, we would, you and I, we'd just throw in, our, throw in the towel and say, we might as well go home and just, uh, you, know, who, you know, who can do it? But he says, but I have the victory. Come on. He said, who, how, what am I going to do about this? He said, I'm going to look to Jesus. Because Jesus has given me the way. He's given me the power. He's given me the means in which to do it. Come on, somebody here in this room right now, God wants to reassure that in your life in Jesus' name. <coughs> so you and I, we have victory in the Spirit, praise God. And so we can look at these things. I underline this. Let me read this to you. Living full of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say full of the Holy Ghost. And under his direction and lordship are the keys to experiencing ongoing victory. Now, I'm going to say that again because I think it's worth repeating. It's a key. Come on, here's a key. Remember what Jesus told uh, Peter? I'm going to give to you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose, that type of thing. Well, God is giving you a key here tonight. And the power of you to receive the Holy Ghost is the power for you to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Now listen, I'm not going to be ridiculous and say that you've got to walk around speaking in tongues all days, you know, and that type of thing. No, but you've got to realize, praise God, that you can't go days and weeks without experiencing what I would consider an overwhelming presence of God. 
Now, I know they don't teach that in a lot of churches. Even in our Pentecostal churches, they don't. But I'm teaching it. I'm teaching that you can have an overwhelming experience with God on a regular basis. Now, I fail to give a time frame because that's what we as human beings would start launching after. Well, Brother Carnahan said every other day, so, you know, now, if it doesn't happen every other day, we're going to have a car in our You know, what was the word? We're going to have a heart attack, okay? And I don't want you to do that. Yeah, you see how quick I got that? Um, praise God. But I don't want you, but I'm just saying this week, start asking God, saying, God, i got to step this up. Come on, there's not one of us in this room that, that don't need to step this thing up. And you start asking God to give you directions. Start saying, God, how much of this do I need to do? Am I involved too much in this other stuff and maybe I need to close the door on that and start being more involved in you? And I'll guarantee you, between you and God, you're going to find some time to do that. Because when you start realizing the presence of the Lord, and I'm not talking about feelings, folks. I'm talking about something that goes a whole lot deeper than that. Amen. That you know the Lord, praise God, is there. You know that God's presence is in that room and is in you. And you can, you can sense that something's happening, praise God. And I mean to tell you, folks, that'll make all the difference in the world. It will. And so start doing that. Amen. That living full of the Holy Ghost and under His direction and Lordship. These are the keys. Amen. This is what will help us to have consistent, praise God, victory. Because God wants us to have and get the victory. Now, that doesn't mean every day. It just means that He wants us to get the victory on a regular, regular basis. Praise God. And so what God will do is He will do His part. You can, you, that's a guarantee. Now, let me ask the question here. What do you think the differences are between conviction and condemnation? Anybody want to take a stab at that? Conviction and condemnation. What's the difference? It's, that's good. I like that. Yeah, it is attitude. I think it is. A lot of it is. Anybody else? Conviction and condemnation. What, what's, what's some differences here? I think that's a, that's a good, good uh, abbreviated uh, explanation. Yeah, yeah, con condemnation, there is no hope. Anybody else want to take a stab at it? Difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction gives you a chance to change it. Condemnation. Yeah, and that's, and that's, what, you know, that's another one. You know. Conviction, there will always be a way out. You know, with conviction, God will give you a resolution. He will give you something that you can do. Now, condemnation, it won't. There is no way out. And that's how you can begin to tell the difference. And that's why we have to be careful that we don't confuse the two. Because sometimes we confuse conviction sometimes with condemnation. That God's just putting me down. He doesn't really want me to be me. You know, he's not allowing me to express myself the way I really should. Does that sound pretty worldly? Yeah, it does. And you've got to understand, God's under, un, uh, uh, underlying um, issue is he wants to see you saved. He wants to see you walk the streets of gold. Amen. He's not trying to make you do things. He's trying to help you to understand that there's a difference. That's the big thing. Back in the book of Exodus in the 11th chapter, that was one of the things that Moses was told. You know, that God was going to make a difference between Israel and Egypt. 
And he does that. He does that with the children of God. And so we must begin to recognize that. Amen. God isn't going to stop convicting you. He's not going to tell you it's okay to be a stupid sinner. He's not going to say, hey, why don't you do a whole bunch more tomorrow so we can all have this pity party. God isn't going to do that. He's going to come in. He's going to say, come on, you can do something better than that. I've got a way that you can go. Come on, folks. That's not somebody who doesn't love you. That's somebody that really loves you, praise God. And he wants to emphasize that every day of your life. But if you don't recognize the difference between conviction and condemnation, you're going to have a hard time because you're going to go to bed at night thinking God doesn't like you. And that is not the truth. And so I'm talking about having a victory in the Spirit, praise God. And the Spirit will speak, you know. Uh, Paul was, uh, was, to, uh, was telling the, um, the young preacher, he said in, in the book of Timothy, he said, the, in the last days, the, the Spirit expressly says or speaks. And that tells me that God's going to get very specific with some of us, all of us really, if I can put it that way. And so let's let him do that. Can you say Amen. Come on, I really do believe that God wants to do that. Now, sixth chapter of the book of Romans deals with the sin issue. Don't, don't get into that trap that, you know, well, God loves me the way I am, and I can just keep on being stupid and dumb. And, and, and Well, you, yeah, that part of that is true. But the consequences of that kind of behavior will take you further and further away from God. It'll bury you deeper and deeper. And so you and I must join in the battle against sin. And there's three words that's used in that chapter, and it's talking about dominion, rule, and yielding. Study that out. It's a tremendous chapter. It will help you to understand that it doesn't mean you'll never, ever sin. It just means that sin doesn't no longer have that effect on you that it used to. And boy, you should thank God. I do. I thank God often for that. I thank God that I am not deceived over sin. And then the seventh chapter does deal with the dilemma of the, of the fallen flesh. And the flesh didn't get regenerated when you got the Holy Ghost. No, it didn't. It actually probably got a little angrier, you know. But the bottom line is the flesh doesn't rule, praise God. And then in the eighth chapter, everybody say the eighth chapter. That's when it talks about there is therefore now. And if, if you just got in in the middle of that remark, you'd go, well, what's he talking about? That's why you've got to read those other two chapters. Now, now that we realize what sin has done, now we realize that we've got a flesh that likes to do it, now there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good news? Well, without the other two chapters, you can really get some kind of an idea, can't you? That's why you've got to study the Word of God. And so the scripture says, it says that there's no condemnation for those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, how many of you, I, you guys got your devotionals, right? I'm going to refer to the fifth day of that devotional in this lesson, because I think this is important for us to know. The fifth day, it's on page 47 of your devotionals, okay? I want to refer to that. And the scripture setting here is Romans 8 verses 4 through 8, and it says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk, everybody say walk, not after the flesh, but after the spirit. 
And then it says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You starting to get the idea now? What direction are you headed? Come on, you can check up on yourself. And then it says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because, why? The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Now, we got to get that one down. And so, then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And so, think about that. But you think about it. Look, listen to the insight here. And I hope maybe some of you didn't read it yet. But it talks about the imagery of walking is ongoing and continue. Whenever you see something in the Bible that talks about walking, it's talking about having a conversation or having a, a, um, a lifestyle. Or it's how do you live? Where do you go? That type of thing, okay? And the phrase do mine in verse number five can also be translated as setting our minds on something. You hit the name on in the head, Jeannie. It is a mindset. And it's a mindset that in some of us in this room right now that needs to be changed. And it can be. And so the Bible says together these concepts imply ongoing concentration and commitment. Do you see those two C words? You should underline that in your book right there and check on yourself. How is your concentration? How is your commitment level to God. I'm not the judge, folks. I'm just a mailman. And so the scripture says people, or not the scripture, but this says people typically go where they're looking. A focus on, a, on, on the flesh leads to death. A focus on spirituality leads to life. That's simple. I, even a dummy like me can understand that. And then it says it is also for this reason one cannot stop sinning by their own efforts. Come on, you and I need help. And I want you to understand, help is available. God isn't going to cheapen this thing in these last days. Okay, now look at the daily devotion. I thought this was interesting. Typically, when scientists and doctors measure perception and its accompanying brain activity, patients are sitting or lying down. Now, in recent years, this practice has changed, noting that in animals, uh, increased body movements led to increased brain activity. And then it mentions these doctors that were, began investigating the influence of movement on sensory brain areas. That's why when my son came up with a horrible form of cancer, God wanted me to keep moving. He didn't want me to sit there and wallow in my self-pity. Now listen, I'm not trying to be unkind, folks. I'm trying to help somebody here. That is not what God wants you to do. He's given you things to do. Even on your worst day on this earth, you've got something that you can do for the Lord in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody needs to rise up and realize that you can have the victory in the Spirit. But you've got to keep moving. That's why I've been accused of being the meanest person in Gillette. Because I won't let you sit there. And I'm still not going to do that. Come on, I'm not trying to be mean. I've learned this stuff, praise God. Somebody said, where did you graduate from school? I said, I got a master's degree in the school of hard knocks. I'm serious. That's what God told me I could, get in the, I could be in the front row of that class. 
And some of you, that's where you're at too. Come on, the things that you're going through, you're learning. And God is helping you to begin to adapt that. And boy, man, this, this living for God is not that bad of a deal. And so this is what he does. And so I thought that article was absolutely very, very, very important there. We got, a lot of times, we got to begin to see things differently. And God wants to help us to do that. That's why our services are conducive to that. They're active. Things are going on, you know, and that's the way they're supposed to be. And so take some notes of this tonight. Let the Lord begin to work on your motor, praise God. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to find victory in the name of Jesus. You're going to find victory in the name of Jesus. Let me end this tonight. There's a lot of things I could, I could talk about. But the scripture says in the 14th chapter of the book of Romans, it says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Those are the things that we have to start looking for when we want the presence of the Lord. Not that I feel good about doing something bad. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Remember uh, Christmas Eve night, peace with God, the peace of God, and then peace on earth. God wants to return this in full force to the church so that people will know Amen. And you never know, there might be some shepherds that will show up at your door. Just never know. Praise God. You know, on a, cool, on a cool evening in the spring of 1909, two heavyweight boxers entered the ring in Paris, France to fight for the heavyweight championship. On one side stood Joe Jeanette, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He, he weighed in at 185 pounds. Across the ring was Sam McVeigh, and he was at 205 pounds. And not only was the championship on the line, but so was a pretty good-sized purse of $6,000. That would probably, they say, would be an equivalent to about $180,000 today. But nevertheless, here's this prize fight. And such events in that era were often billed as a fight to the finish. Well, in other words, these were not 10 to 15 round affairs. There would be no judge's decision if both men were still standing at a predetermined end. You know, um, they, had to con they had to literally keep going on. And so they had to develop some stamina and a strong will when they fought. Well, ultimately, Jeanette won the fight when McVeigh um, refused to come out of his corner. And that was in the 49th round. Yeah. And beyond the sheer length of the match and the physical stamina required to endure it, spectators were amazed at the outcome because Jeanette had been knocked down 27 times. But he learned to do something. Can you guess what that was? Yes. You see, that's part of what God is trying to help us with. Amen. The neat thing about this is that he's there to help you to get up. That's what it is. He wants you to keep moving. He wants you to keep believing, keep learning, keep having more and more and more confidence in what he's doing. Not in what the world is doing or what you can come up with, but what he's doing. And that's what ultimately 
is going to get us through, to, through the victory in Jesus' name. I'm going to finish with this scripture in, in, um, in Romans chapter number 8. And I hope somebody will take heed to this tonight. Praise God. Romans chapter number 8, and it's quite a chapter. I enjoy reading it. I, I get a lot out of it. It, it. it helps me. Praise God. But it begins by saying this. You know, it says, or not begin, but in verse number 35, it makes a statement here. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Well, it's named some things that could. Okay? Tribulation. Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. You know, and then he puts this little addendum in there. For thy sake we are all killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But then he says in verse 37, he says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Gordon Winslow is no longer in this life. He's gone. But he got the victory. You see, that's what God wants us to understand, praise God. I remember one time, well, I won't go into that. That's another subject. But I, I, you know, the Lord wants to help us tonight. Let's stand together, can we? Thank you for allowing me to go a little over time tonight. But I, let's pray. In fact, I tell you, why don't we just come down to this altar right now? Let's just all of us come on down. Appreciate you, folks. Appreciate you coming to Bible study. People who come to Bible study, you know, can be difficult at times, but not nearly as often as people who don't come to Bible study. That's what I've learned. And so I appreciate you coming. You know, I want to have good meals for you when you come in here on Wednesday nights. I want to make sure that there's something uplifting that you can take home with you and you can continue to move and work on in Jesus' name. But I can't commit you. I can't do that. I'm going to stay committed whether you do it or not. And that's not negative. That's just the way it is. But you have to and I have to commit ourselves on a regular basis. And, you know, we have to understand. The scripture says the way of the transgressor is hard. It is. People get themselves into some real bad problems in this world. And they're hard. But the scripture says... My burden is light, and it's easy. And so I want you to understand right off the bat here that you got the easier end of the deal. When you signed up for the Lord, praise God, you really did get the easier end. And I'm going to pray personally that somebody's eyes is going to get open to that. And I'm not talking about your physical ones. I'm talking about your spiritual eyes in Jesus' name. If you want to join me, you can. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe you, Lord. You are the Almighty. You are the everlasting Father. I am believing for the spirit of revelation in this place, that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we will see things through the eyes of the Spirit in Jesus' name. And I pray for the spirit of commitment that would get upon us tonight, God, that we would never give in, we would never give up, that, Lord God, we're going to let you have your way. In the name of Jesus right now, touch every person here. I would pray that nobody is going to go home the same. Nobody's going to go home the same. That, Lord God, we're going to be different because of what we've heard and what we felt in the name of Jesus. 
And God, as always, I give you the praise and the glory. There is no comparison to what you have in store for us, to what we're going through right now. God, there literally is no comparison. You've got a good thing for us in the name of Jesus. And Father, I give you the praise and the glory for it, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Touch and strengthen us, O oh God, and give you the praise and the glory. What do you say we give him praise? Come on. Come on.